0: Thanks, John, for that. Now, if you want to send in questions to Amy Cune, you can do so straight away. And will you please do it to the following with thanks to Rationale Windows, your local stockist of the finest of windows. 086 38 33 3. 086 38 33 Keith, people need to understand we export 90% of the food we produce. Here in Galway, we would be lost without the international investment in local jobs. We're a tiny island, we need to build global relationships and St Patrick's um, celebration is an opportunity that other countries would kill for. Plus, uh, when Sinn Féin, or if Sinn Féin, are in government, they would also send ministers abroad. And uh, Dave O'Connell is back to us, by the way, about the uh, Portumna supply of the Connacht Tribunes. Keith, it's definitely in the shops in Portumna today and apologies uh, for the last two weeks. It's all sorted. And go buy your Connacht Tribune in, in Port Tundra right now. And uh, other calls too coming in there as well. But let's do this and this uh, today.
1: Gardening advice with MacDee's Garden Centre in Galway Irish Crystal with everything from plants, shrubs, pots, garden furniture and much, much more. If you love gardening, you'll love MacDee's. It's just fan dabby dozy.
0: And good morning to you, how are you today?
1: I'm not too bad at all, Keith. How are
0: you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. It's lovely good. to see the no uh, um, it's lovely to see the daffodils coming up. So it is. They're, they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it beautiful. is it's great. They're absolutely beautiful, and they're they're coming up all over the place.
1: Yeah, I know it's wonderful. At least there's a, a kind of a bit of nature in it now. You know, they were slow in a lot of places to emerge, but they're they're coming up now. So um, that's great.
0: Okay, so. Um, we have a couple of questions in uh, today, and um, somebody wondering to so know: Can they plant geraniums, or C R A N E S B I L L, uh, and Japanese lupins? Can they plant them at this time of year?
1: Yes, they can. They can indeed. No problem whatsoever. The The geranium cranesbill is the perennial geranium, which is the one that lasts year in, year out. It's not the one you put in for the summertime flowering. It, it, the summertime flowering one is a more upright and. Um, uh, Kind of, um, uh, I suppose, nearly like a small little shrub when it uh, develops. Whereas the cranesbill geranium, the perennial geranium, is more of a ground uh, ground cover, uh, spread out, rockery type plant, border, aging, that type of thing. And yes, you can plant it, no problem. And you can plant your lupins now, no problem, if you can get them. If not, they'll be in later in the season anyway.
0: And I'm trying to attract bees, as I've got a hive, and I'm told bright flowers will attract. Uh, Bees—is that correct? And if so, what can I?
1: It, it is so. correct to a degree, but it depends. You see, plants that have high pollen in them will will attract the bees more more um, more easily than than ones just colour and no scent. And a lot of the plants that are out there are bright and colourful, but they have no scent, no perfume, and no uh, very little pollen in them. So you want to go for something with high high pollen. So something like. Um, heathers would be a great bet and because the heather makes beautiful honey for anybody that would be making honey for, when this particular listener has bee, beehives, they want their honey, so heather honey is is particularly nice so plenty of heather in your garden would be a bonus and uh, there's another thing called teucrium T-E-U-C-R-I-U-M which is a, a shrub, it's a low growing shrub um, things like penstemons dwarf hebees Um, So what you want is, not only do you want a colourful plant, but you want a plant that is perfumed if possible and definitely has plenty of pollen in it.
0: All right. Uh, Somebody said, Anne, I'm uh, sowing my sweet peas in old toilet roll tubes. Um, I've done this before and it's been successful for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it okay to do it again?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a wonderful idea. I, I've, I've used the same idea myself over the years and you see when the plants de- develop and, and they, they root, the, the seed germinates and, and develops root system and a foliage system, you can plant the tube into the soil and it'll disintegrate in the soil and the roots won't get disturbed and they'll just spread out and anchor into the pot or into the bed. So yes, go for it. It's a perfect idea.
0: Okay, um, just off the top of my head, I'm asking you, do do you use the whole tube or do you half the tube?
1: No, you can half it, half it, yeah. First of all, it's a waste if you use the full one, uh, because um, the roots aren't going to go down to the base of that, that's too deep. So uh, a a, a shallower version will do the trick better. So um, yeah, cut them in half and you get double the issue.
0: All right. Um, I was given a present of a miniature mulberry tree, this caller said. Can it be planted Mm -hmm. as a bare root at this time of year
1: or not? You can plant it now, no problem whatsoever. If it's bare-rooted, you may not get it bare-rooted. It's not often that you do get them bare-rooted, but maybe dug up from somebody else's garden and relocated, or maybe maybe the particular nursery was selling them bare-rooted. But if, if it's bare-rooted, then it must go in before the first, second week at the latest of, of April. So March, February, March is a good time to plant it. But if it's containerized, which it most probably is, it can go in at any time of the year at all. So now is a good time to start with it.
0: Uh, can I trim my buddleia at this time of year?
1: You can and uh, you can. Trim is, is an understatement. You can cut it back by half and you won't destroy it because it is very woody and it grows uh, very vigorously and you get a lot of long growths on it. And if you cut it back by half and do it immediately, you will get flowers in the summer months when the new growth starts.
0: And how do I um, how do I attract uh, birds to my back garden? I've used nuts, but uh, rats and mice have uh, taken them. So, is there anything that I can just uh, attract uh, birds to my garden?
1: Well, you can if you can plant plants that they like, like berrying plants, plants like skimmias, yes, plants like sorbus aria or occuparia not aria service occuparia which is the mountain ash or the rowan tree and the rowan tree comes in pink berries white berries red berries yellow berries as well so um, but the birds don't put they're not they're not mad about what, uh, yellow berries they're the last berry they'll go for so reds or pinks are probably the most ideal so planting plants with berries on them cotoneaster is another one that they, they will attract the birds in and you won't have any rodent problem with them
0: and uh, and this caller said, "Are there any gardening uh, classes on at this time of year? I feel like getting involved."
1: Uh, n- not that I know of, but now that I've said that, if I'm not giving any, but if anybody is giving them, and um, if they want to get in touch with me, I'll call it out and mention and mention it on air uh, next week or the week after or whenever I get the the word. But uh, not that I know of at the moment. But as I say, if anybody is giving them, uh, my apologies for for not knowing. But let me know, and okay. we'll. Um, just we'll, send, we'll send us a note it. here.
0: Um, ask Anne, please, is it bio or non bio powder for out the back? It's the non-bio. Non-bio, non bio.
1: Non bio. yeah. And non-bio. it's very,
0: very effective, so it is, Anne, I have to say. T-
1: you've been using it,
0: have I, you? I, I you've did, been no, listening I to my... it. I, I, I always listen to you, so I do. <laughs> I don't always do what you say because I'm too lazy at times to do it or don't have time to do it. Uh, but no, it, it works very well. It works very quickly, It as does, Anne. yeah. It does,
1: yeah. It's very, it's, So it's if you instant, have moss really, out yeah. there,
0: you can just use non-bio powder, and you can buy a big, big tub of it in some of the supermarkets for four or five euros. So it's not expensive, and it covers a lot of ground.
1: And just to say, it's for pats, patios, driveways, not for lawns. Somebody may ask last week about lawns, so just in case they didn't hear the answer, do not use the washing powder on your lawn.
0: Do not. And thank you for joining us uh, today. Have a good no and a safe week. That's Anne McKeown joining us on the line there. And our thanks to Anne for joining us today.
1: Gardening advice with MacDees, LuckRay and at Galway Irish Crystal. Shop online and have your veg seed and seed potatoes, garden tools and hoses, garden furniture and barbecues delivered direct to your door. MacDees.ie Galway Talls.
2: in association with Tesco.
0: Find our award winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie Hey, very good morning to you on this Thursday morning. I wish the sun had come out now for a little while, but um, we're going to bring a little bit of sunshine into your life at this stage because I've been reading a book of, uh, over the last uh, week, I'd say. It's called The Power of Connection Change Your Relationship, Transform Your Life. And it's by the wonderful Dr. Harry Barry, who, always on this program, is available to us, number one, but also gets a good reaction. And he joins me on the line today. Dr. Harry Barry, good morning to you. Good,
2: good morning, Keith. Absolutely lovely
0: to be with you again. Good. If if you're on hand through your headset, I might try and get you on to um, just a little bit of echo in the background. Listen, congratulations on the power of uh, connection uh, today. And I suppose on a daily basis, human beings are connecting. But going through the book, I have a number of questions for you. What made you first off decide to write this book?
2: Well, interestingly, Kate, uh, I decided to write this book, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, uh, and and ended up writing it actually during the pandemic, uh, because I was very concerned, really, for about last decade, and have been talking about it really in in many forums. About the effect of social media and technology on all of us, especially on our young people, but on all of us. And we've all gradually been absorbed into this world where we, where where we're almost we're almost distracted by it. We're addicted to it. Uh, we're 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 losing those normal face-to-face human interaction skills. So I was very concerned about that, and I kind of wanted to lay out well what were these skills and what was the social brain behind them. And then, of course, along came the pandemic, uh, and that, of course, showed us in real life, Keith, what would life be actually like if we were forced to only relate to each other through technology and social media, which was tremendous at the time. But we all felt so, uh, I suppose the word is disconnected from each other. We were missing that emotional connection that we all so desperately crave and need. And of course, out of all of that has come hybrid working. And of course, that's creating, although it's wonderful in many, many ways, it is creating a new layer of, of concerns about uh, are we really going to be interconnecting at the same level on a on human, human face to face level? And I do have concerns going on that we, we're heading into a kind of what I call dystopian future where technology and social media. begins to separate us all from each other. And I I think that would
0: be very sad. It did become the norm. Um, I have to say, maybe I'm just a unique beast, but I don't let social media uh, into my head at all. I I, I would observe it from time to time. There's plenty of other people in this building um, that are on it and maybe addicted to it as well. Uh, I'm not because I don't have headspace for it, to be quite honest. But it certainly did challenge us all. But what I want to go back to is, what exactly is a, a short definition of the social brain
2: yeah, the social brain is this extraordinary uh, brain that has developed, uh, Keith, over tens of thousands of years, where uh, it, it's composed of a number of different structures in the brain, our prefrontal cortex, our limbic system, our mirror neuron system, which is absolutely extraordinary, and that it allows us, when we're talking to somebody face to face, We mirror in our own brains just what's going on in in the emotional world of that other person. And therefore, we can empathize with them. Uh, It also, uh, we have areas like our language centers... And we have these wonderful spindle cells, which are these extraordinary cells in the brain, which are four times the normal size of, of, of a normal neuron and transmit information at huge speeds. So what has developed, Keith, is this extraordinary capacity of the social brain to kind of rapidly make decisions in social situations. Do I like this person? Do I not like this person? What is it about this person that's bothering me? Uh, you know where i'm only listening or half listening and all, all these decisions are all being made by our social brain all the time and of course the social brain created this wonderful world of not just verbal communication like listening and conversation which we can talk about but this extraordinary world of non-verbal communication where it's like as if Keith, if we're facing each other and we're having this chat face to face our our um, non-verbal system in our social brain is actually having this parallel conversation, picking up in your eye contact, your yeah. facial expressions, your your body language, and all these wonderful things. So we we have this extraordinary world going on that we all are totally uh, almost uh, ignorant yeah. of, nor never yeah. to consider really.
0: Can I ju- and I'm going to come back to that that in in a moment. Can I go to the listening ear because you write in your book, Mother Nature has given each one of us two ears, one on the right and one on the left. It doesn't stop there, though. Common sense then comes in.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is very, very interesting, really. Uh, Well, the first thing I always say uh, for all of us, we have two ears and one mouth, (laughs) so there's a real lesson there that we, we we need to listen a lot more than we converse which is a really important uh, uh, connection skill but it's very very interesting that the right side of our brain is our uh, the right side of our brain is the emotional part of our brain the prefrontal cortex is the emotional part of our brain and the left side of our brain is the real factual detail the making the problem solving part of it and and the small details part of our brain so the extraordinary thing is that the right ear connects to the left side of our brain which is all the language Centers and language comprehension centers. Uh, so if you're listening, if you want to listen to the fine details of the conversation, tilt your right ear towards the person. And if on the other hand, uh, your left ear connects to the right side of your prefrontal cortex, which is your emotional world, and if you want to listen to the emotions, tilt your left ear. So isn't it quite extraordinary that our social brain has actually created this for us and we're all totally aware unaware of it. We're using it all the time, but we never actually realise it. And and I would say to people, really focus in on the left ear because we so often miss the emotions in the conversation and um, really, you, really important.
0: Uh, you comment. you cover within the book, and the book is called "The Power of Connection." You cover it well within the book. What um, I'm going to throw it out at you again is the definition of yeah, listening. Art, art. No, the yeah. definition of listening, because I have come across so many people, um, and and I'm not I'm not guilty myself really, because I I tend to listen. I suppose this program would make you listen to people, but so many people you talk to them, they're hearing you, but they're not listening to you. So, hearing you and listening to you are two separate things.
2: Yes, absolutely. Hearing is simply what we call uh, a a, a bottom up. In other words, we're hearing sounds from coming in from the outside, which are come into our ear and filtered by our auditory cortex and and created into sounds and things like that. But listening involves a, a focused Uh, Attention on what the person's actually saying. And a lot of us are what I call passive listeners. I describe this very much in the book where we're kind of half listening to a conversation. Half our brain is focusing on just the the main points of what the person is saying. And the other half is wondering, what do we have for dinner? Uh, I better make sure I have that paid up. Uh, I wonder who's going to win the match tonight. So our mind is drifting away. We're not really focusing in what the other person is saying. And of course, social media is, is creating such distraction in our brains that where our ability to focus attention is, is, is going less and less and less and this is going to be a massive problem for all our young people so if there's parents out there I would really encourage them to really, uh, uh, really read about this and, and, and begin to kind of focus in on these skills in relation to our young people so active listening is a very different matter and I think you're a wonderful active listener Keith I think you've got that natural skill which you've built up over time and active listening is really Perfectly listening to the details of what the person is talking to you about with curiosity and interest. Mm-hmm. It's also listening to the emotions that the person has expressed. And very important, listening to the silence. I often maintain that we learn more from listening to silence in a conversation than we learn to anything else. And, and, and we're all so afraid of silence that we rush in to fill it. So active listening is really developing these skills in ourselves. And my goodness, the the benefits to us are enormous. You know, absolutely enormous.
0: One of my favorite things, I'd say, one of our favorite things, including my wife, is silence. And if I get home from absolutely. the office, I get home from the office, uh, and Joan is doing something and I'm doing something, we could have half an hour, of an hour, or an hour of silence. We wouldn't say silence. We would know ourselves. I just love silence. I just love silence. Can I just take you to Nuala's story because? This goes back to what I was talking about. People can listen, will, will hear, but they're not listening to you. Nula's story kind of summarises an awful lot of people that I would come across in life. And so um,
2: well, what is it about the story that you that
0: you found interesting? I found no, it interesting because because no, it's on page, page fifty one. There, Nula met a friend of her husband's at a party, and both were getting on reasonably well. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she referred to her partner uh, later, that heavy weather and all that goes with it. But suddenly she notes that Paul is no longer listening, but looking over her shoulder at somebody else. He then abruptly interrupts her flow of conversation, changes the topic to something inane, and shortly afterwards he excuses himself and she finds herself alone wondering, what has she done?
2: I've been there.
0: I've been that flipping soldier.
2: Excellent. That's fantastic. I'm delighted it because I wanted you to kind of just say what did you what did you what did you feel about that and and I feel this so often happens to us that we're talking to somebody who has a very fixed agenda or view of the world and unless that what you're talking about fits in with that fairly narrow view of the world they shut you down and and your social brain is picking up all the non-verbal cues that's the really interesting. yeah you're sensing they're, they're 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 not really interested they're not really listening they're kind of retracting from you they're moving away and of course this is a terrible form of listening because if you think about it if you only listen to what uh, is it, this is what's happening through social media by the way uh, uh, the machines of social media will feed you whatever whatever area you're yeah. focusing on they feed you more and more and more so that stuff is negative and and kind of get you to start thinking in a very narrow um, and negative kind of way. Unfortunately, that becomes the way you will then, uh, you may may carry that out into your social world, which is absolutely disastrous. It's the exact opposite of what real active, uh, empathetic, warm listening is. So, I I, I think that's a wonderful story, and I think it's a classic example of the kind of listening that we often often come across. And it's very upsetting for us. Mm -hmm. We often wonder in social situations, why did that, that why did that social situation not work and it, it really was that uh, the person wasn't listening or else you weren't listening properly and uh, there's, there's other great stories for example there's, a, there's another life nice one where uh, the person for example listens but they're only listening because they had they, they want to get something out of the situation so they don't listen empathetically to the person who's actually yeah. Uh, looking after somebody with dementia, uh, but actually go does the opposite, you know. So in some senses, all these are kind of mistakes that we can all fall into, or little little errors we can all fall into. So what I try to do is show you how what you really should be doing. How can you improve those skills? How yeah. can you improve your non-verbal skills, uh, your empathy, your all those other skills? I I, I think they're so important.
0: Can I go to two other aspects of it? Eye contact, which you've mentioned earlier on, and body language and posture. I mean eye contact or the lack of it, um, I find it awfully difficult if I'm talking to somebody and they look away from me or they look down at the ground or if there's no eye contact I find it very, I find it very difficult. And the body language, is. which is the arms crossed and kind of chewing the cords, in other words, I really don't want to be in your company and I really don't want to talk to you so I'm not <laughs> going to look at you and my body posture just gives
2: it all away. Yeah, I, and it's, it's so funny, what is it about people with their arms folded in front of us that we all feel this sense of, you know, kind of, I want to get out of here, do you know what I mean? I'm not very comfortable in this person's situation, this person's not really interested in talking to me, they're not very, because it implies a very closed uh, uh, position in life, so yeah. but we all, we all have these um, uh, unconscious ways of behaving, and we, we, we need to kind of examine ourselves and see well, what do I actually yeah. do? but I totally agree with you about eye contact. One of the things that I find with young people nowadays that I have to really say to them all the time is you can't have conversation with somebody looking down at the ground. And unfortunately, with social media, we look down all the time. And how many times are you out in a restaurant and all you see are people looking down, not looking at each other. So that eye contact is so important. You take a small baby. I often get very upset when I see a mother walking along uh, pushing a a child with the the phone in front of her face and the the little child desperately trying to get eye contact from her. Do you know what I mean? And I do worry that the machines are going to get between us and eye contact because mm-hmm. it's very hard to eye contact when, when it's happening through, through, te- yeah, through it's social media technology. But I so agree with you. Eye contact. And of all things, I was talking about it last night, a warm smile. To me, a smile is the, is the fastest way to reach a person from a social connection yeah, point it, of view. It, it, a warm, genuine smile with proper eye contact. It,
0: it melts them down. The book we're talking about, and I wish yep. I had more time, but it's called The Power of Connection. Within it, by the way, um, you go on page 170, how to improve your people uh, to people communication skills. Uh, again, you take them through their empathy skills, their observational exercise. It's extremely well done. And if somebody has a, a lack of a confidence, uh, the book could do them the, the world of good. And again, finally, uh, I want to go back to page 220. Hurt is triggered by a rational belief that others... Uh, and life should never treat you unfairly. You, you, you really deal with hurt very well there over those five paragraphs.
2: Well, hurt for me is, through my whole life, I have found the two greatest barriers, apart from all the other areas that we've talked about, to, to, to good interperson communication uh, or connection is hurt and frustration. Because hurt is, hurt is the most damaging emotion in the whole of mental health. It's where a person believes that they are not being treated fairly by others or life. So they demand that they must be treated uh, or they must not be treated unfairly by others in life. So what actually happens is uh, people, people's behavior then causes such difficulties for them. Because if, I, if I'm very hurt all the time, I carry that grudge, I carry that hurt with me. Yeah. And then I become bitter and I become hypersensitive and prickly. And I push people away and I, I don't I, and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more I push people away, the more their nonverbal cues are being picked. Your non-verbal cues are being picked up and they're sensing, God, I, I, I don't want to be near this person. I feel uncomfortable with this person. They're, they're going to be very hypersensitive. So uh, really, to, to, you can clear hurt out of life, but it requires you doing something absolutely extraordinary. Which is, you must learn to separate who people are from their behaviour, so we can learn to forgive other people. the people, because they can't be rated or judged, but we learn to to uh, to challenge their behaviour. So it's mm-hmm. that the art, really, of not of not allowing hurt grow legs, to immediately challenge a person's behaviour, or else use a sense of humour if you don't think it's worth doing it, to yeah. to kind of diffuse oh. this. Situation, but not to carry the cart with you when you go home that evening. That's and if you can learn to do that in your life, you will transform your life and the, the you will become much kinder, warmer, empathetic uh, person.
0: The other aspect of that, though, is not to take it personal either. Uh, trying not to take it personal, yeah. Well,
2: you sense. see, when we take things, yeah, when we think make things personal, what we're saying is you, the person, are the problem. Rather than it's your behaviour is the problem, yeah. and 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 that's the secret to mental health. Because what we do when we're uh, even anxious or down or, or hurt or frustrated or any of these things, uh, a lot of the time what we're doing is we're merging who we are uh, with with our with our success or failure in relation to our behaviour and and, and of course that's the secret if we can learn to detach those things we will become such, uh, not just wonderfully uh, connected human beings, but much happier in our lives. So, so the book is full of all these kind of skills and, and exercises and way of developing these things. And I think, I think it's a blueprint for how to navigate the social world in which we live in. And hopefully it will help a lot of people.
0: It's called The Power of Connection and it's written in gold on the front. Indeed, there's a nice image there as well. And it's written by Dr. Harry Barry. Um, I found it a, a fascinating read because I have an interest in that whole field just because you're dealing with people all the time. And again, it's available in all good bookstores. And if you want to get further details on it, just it's called The Power of Connection. Dr. Harry Barry, thank you so much for joining us. And today on the programme, I'm running a little bit over, but sure, look at it's all for the good of health and mental health. It's 11.42. We're back just after these.
2: Galway Talks, in
0: association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Very good morning to you. Now finally today let me go to um, Brendan Mulder who joins me and he's the project officer with the EU programmes for Ireland Rural, Irish Rural Link and uh, they're having a very special event so they are coming up in the Audrey House Hotel in June uh, but Brendan uh, joins me on the line. Brendan uh, good morning to
3: you how are you today? Hi, Keith, good morning and thanks for having me on.
0: Not at all, you're very welcome. Um, again, what exactly, when you say project officer of EU programmes, are you the eyes and ears then of the rural communities in Ireland uh, in relation to what they can get from Europe?
3: Um, well, Irish Rural Link, uh, we uh, are one of the voices of uh, of rural Ireland, um, but we don't do it in isolation from uh, what's happening over in Europe. So my most of my role involves uh, managing uh, rural uh, projects of various types european rural projects with european partners um, in other different countries so that could be covering uh, a lot of Rural enterprise or rural so- social issues or rural education uh, initiatives um, and different things like that. Um, but that's my, I guess that's most of my job. But uh, the activity, the event that we're running next week uh, is in relation to social enterprise and the new social enterprise policy uh, that's going to be coming an out and launched by the government later this year. And who will you be targeting um, so then
0: to go along to the Three House Hotel? So it's taking place uh, this day week, the yeah. 23rd of February from 9.30am until 1pm in the Ordery House Hotel. Who exactly are the correct people to go to this then, Brendan?
3: Well, yeah, uh, it's a good question, Seamus. It's, it's, first of all, just to explain that the first policy uh, was issued in 2019. And then we had COVID in the meantime, and a few short years later, the government are revising that policy um, uh, sometime towards the end of the year. So what they've done is they've arranged six consultations around the country. So, this TUM event is uh, to cater to people in the west of Ireland, primarily Galway, Mayo, and Common, And TUM, we felt and we hope, is a convenient location um, in terms of catering to the three counties. So, what's on the day, what, what the event is, it's there to look at the challenges and opportunities for social enterprise um, in Ireland going forward and to get a kind of a sense uh, from stakeholders. Um, and by stakeholders, these are the people that we're inviting to this event next week. So really, to get a sense of their views, Now, those social enterprise stakeholders, first of all, you have existing social enterprises, people from existing operations, but you also have people maybe working in partnership companies. And I know that they'll be very well represented on the day and also uh, people what, you know that maybe are working in community organisations, are or involved in community organisations, community associations, and they're exploring the potential of social enterprise. Because most social enterprise uh, in Ireland happens usually in a community sort of sector. Um, so usually you have a community organisation first that comes up with the idea for a social enterprise, and then the social enterprise uh, comes from that. So we're inviting really anybody who is an interest in uh exploring or developing their 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 interest in in social enterprise um, so, so, so then it's you know good. anything from a small community organization that is looking maybe at developing community crèche on social enterprise lines or you could have you know, we could have, we will have representatives from existing social enterprises that maybe have been established for quite a long time, and would have specific kind of views on what the government should be doing to support um, social enterprise in the next in the next five years.
0: So when you say social um, so enterprise really. when you say social enterprise then uh, Brendan Muller, you're talking about last yeah. Friday we were in Hedford and we spoke to the team from Meals on Wheels that's that's a social enterprise that that type of thing is a social Yeah enterprise.
3: that's it exactly now Irish Rural Link as well um we run the uh or Tracy Noon uh, on our staff runs the uh, the National Social Enterprise Art the National Meals on Wheels network um so Meals on Wheels certainly any to explain really social enterprise it's it's as of yet, there's no clearly defined uh, definition in Ireland um, of social enterprise. And the reason that is, is because when you go down that road, you can kind of, it can exclude a lot of um, initiatives. And so far that has, ha- hasn't has happened. It has in other countries, but in Ireland, not yet. Um, so really, in a nutshell, social enterprises are businesses that work primarily to improve the lives of people. You yeah. know, that could be, their beneficiaries, or it could be people working within the social enterprise. Um, And also, in contrast to charities, social enterprise needs to trade either services or goods um, to some degree. So meals and Wheels generally do that, and so they would would generally be considered uh, a social enterprise. But then there's all sorts of other uh, initiatives, like, uh, for instance, um, Equal Ireland, who I worked from the past in Galway, they are a social enterprise that concentrates on delivering third level education. Um, In Galway as well, just beside you there, you have um, bounce back recycling, which is there to provide work opportunities, as well as a a desperately needed service for the recycling of uh, mattresses across Galway County. Um, So there's a huge range of actually working Social enterprises or groups that work roughly in that sphere, sphere, but basically it boils down to: Are they trading? and are they working to improve the lives of people yeah. either their staff or they are uh, their? Or okay so the, community.
0: the one that comes to mind to me today is that the people in Clonburn where they've put in this hub and they've people from all over the world that are originally from Clonburn and they can work from home and all of that that that, that again is a community Yeah Oh,
3: that's it. completely it. and in Galway um obviously Skull is a very example of yeah, a very good one, example of this similar thing. sort of thing and you know, there's, there's a lot like Action Tomb does, you know, it provides, it provides workspace for people so that they can develop their business as okay. well as, as business support. So, yeah, that's that's one very good example. But they don't always, part of the problem with social enterprise is in Ireland, the language of it and, and that is is quite new. Uh, we've only really been talking about it for the last 10 or 15 years. So we're still we could have groups that have been doing the work of 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 social enterprise without even considering themselves to be actually social enterprises so that's uh that's a kind of a, a challenge and one of the I, I think one of the biggest challenges really for the government is is just to help with promotion um as well as you know to kind of uh Put a put a magnifying glass on the on the sector okay. so that it becomes more widely known um, around Ireland. So um, in the way that it might be on the European mainland.
0: This day, week twenty third of February, from nine thirty to one o'clock. And if they want to go to Irish Rural Link and uh, the website there, you'll get further details there. And uh, yeah, you'll be. In, you'll um,
3: so yes, yeah, nine thirty to one in the Art Read next Thursday. Um, registration is online, and um, if anybody has any questions. You know, uh, we'd love to see more community organisations that are thinking along these lines attend on the day. But it will be a great networking event for the sector in the West of Ireland, which is rare enough that 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 happens. So it'll be a good chance for people to come together. There will be representatives from the... um, from the Department of Rural oh, yeah. and Community Development there. And we'll be capturing the voice of the West of Ireland. And like I said, there's only six of these events around the country. So it is really okay. a good chance to get an input.
0: All right, Brenda Mulroy, thank you Lee, for joining us uh, today. Project Officer with the EU Programmes uh, for Irish Rural Link. Again, further details can be had by just going to Irish Rural Link's um, website and getting details from there. High there was an accident on the Curray Line, head for Road, and the traffic coming into Galway was at a standstill with a tailback of at least five miles yesterday evening. Uh, when are they going to widen that road or at least put a slow lane on one side or both lanes? It's bad enough for the poor motorists being stuck in the city traffic uh, without being further delayed. There was one Soul your corner there. The whole traffic situation in Galway City and County is a joke, and this is a serious issue for all. Why aren't our politicians doing something about this? Bad enough, the fiasco with the ring road. But how long must this go on? Kind regards and uh, comes from Dennis uh, today. Another caller said uh, to us uh, today, and uh, will you tell me, uh, Keith, if you don't mind, um, is Eamon Ryan going to cycle to China for St. Patrick's Day? No, he's going to jet uh, from there. And uh, Keith, uh, this uh, caller said, we'll come back to it tomorrow. Keith, cost of living... Uh, of a baylor of in 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 10.80, and in Ali six, Aldi 6.99. I will not be going anymore to that particular shop, this caller said, to get them. And uh, Keith, we're heading for a serious uprising in this country. And uh, another caller said, I live in the Tina area, this caller said. Can we give it there? Uh, can I live in, I live in, it's just not loading for me. And um, Maria Walsh is right. I live in Tina in the countryside and have an electric car. I drive to the city 3 four days a week for work and do local runs at the weekend. I occasionally take it to Donegal to visit family or to Dublin. Apart from oc- occasional queues at chargers, I have no problem at all. It is the future. Uh, this lady has said to us uh, today. And uh, Keith, I don't know how you let um, Marie Farall off with blaming emissions for earthquakes. There were earthquakes millions of years ago when we were living in ca- caves. Uh, you're all in cloud cuckoo land. It was Maria Walsh that said that and not uh, Mariethe McGinnis uh, from there. And uh, Keith, it's a total disgrace with all the TDs gone away. All right. Listen, join us tomorrow morning for the programme. We have a fairly busy programme tomorrow morning for you as well. And if you want to get further details uh, or send us in details, you can do so at commons at GoldwayBFM.ie. That is comments at GoldwayBFM.ie and get them into us uh, fairly quickly today because um, we'll be working on it uh, throughout the afternoon as well. That is it, though, for today. And a sincere thank you to all involved in today's (laughs) programme. Comments at Galwaybfm.ie, by the way. Thanks to John Morley who produced today. Trace who took all of your comments. Tomorrow we're looking at homeless accommodation plan for Chune Convent has been dismissed. Um, the Blessed John Sullivan Cross will be brought to St Ignatius Church this weekend to mark Father John's 90th anniversary. Uh, with a sports preview, we've a little bit of fun and comedy for you as well, and God knows what development we could get up to between now and nine o'clock uh, tomorrow morning. Have yourselves a good and a safe Thursday. Stand by, Rome is next. And stay tuned to Galway FM throughout the day for the finest of music, content, sport and news. Talk to you tomorrow just after nine. In association with Tesco, find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at Tesco.ie.